Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. My name is Abu Tayyub and I'm the CEO at Golf Business Technology, the leading technology news platform dedicated to the world of golf. Today we have with us Gabor Tankovic, CEO at Hyperscapes Golf and Chad Goods of Niklas Design. How are you guys today? All right? Good. Good to see you, Abu. I'm doing great. Thanks a lot, Abu, for having us. It's great to be yeah. part of this. It's great to have you guys on board. Um, I'd like to get started and jump into our first question. Um, Gabor, uh, Chad, uh, tell us a bit a, a bit about both your organizations and uh, uh, what you offer the golf industry and uh, your background. Uh, Gabor, I think uh, you can sort of take this off and then uh, Chad, you can follow on as well. Oh, very happy to do that. My name is Gabor Tankovic. I'm the founder and CEO of Hyperscapes Golf Club. Uh, for the record, I started in the golf industry in 2010 as the general manager of a pretty large-scale golf development operation called Chambord Country Club uh, in France, in the Loire Valley. Okay. That went from um, agricultural land to the point where we had all the permits. Mm-hmm. And Nicholas Design were our partners uh, in that business. So uh, actually, our relationship dates back 15 years or so. Okay. Um, Back then, to me, I was pretty young at that point, as you can guess. Uh, it was kind of a fascinating experience to witness the golf design process uh, from the very beginning, uh, when you okay. only had an architectural land, uh, agricultural land. Uh, th- then I moved to New York, uh, where I was studying and teaching graduate students at Parsons School of Design. Now, golfing is not too big as golf development in New York City, so I I went on with a more New Yorkish venture uh, in the fintech space that links mm-hmm. student loans with retirement savings. But that's very much a New York problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I got back to golf development almost after this decade-long break, um, mm-hmm. a year and a half, two years ago, um, with with Hyperscapes. Um, mm-hmm. I myself, paradoxically, was not a golfer when I was a golf developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very much involved in other sports uh, that are more, I would say, physically exhausting. I was heavily involved in triathlon and skiing in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it didn't play golf back then. So I got into golfing in New York, which is quite strange for, for many of your audience, I would say. Um, like, like more and more of us here, uh, I started golfing uh, on simulators, not mm-hmm. in physical courses, at Five Iron at Chelsea Piers. Uh, at Top Golf, then in Drive Shack, uh, down in Florida, essentially trying every permutation of alternative golfing experiences. Uh, I was more, you know, looking at attack angles, um, mm-hmm. club head speed, smash factors, even before mm-hmm. being able to hit remotely clearly. So, when I got back into golf development in in the metaverse, in this case, uh, the whole idea was to merge the two passions of mine, which was indoor golfing. And the older one mm-hmm. that was a private golf club model. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's how this whole um, story of hyperscapes originates from. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we we studied the indoor golfing space, and we we decided there were many interesting things missing from that space, which are genuine golf courses. It's the membership structure. It's the club experience. I mean, we we probably all know here that 80% of golfing is about way more than just hitting a ball from point A to point B. So mm-hmm. that, that, that's the proposition with which we we got to, to Nicholas Design with. Uh, the heart and the soul of Hypersys Golf Club being that uh, the private golf club model can be emulated to perfection by token gated indoor communities. Uh, it makes just perfect sense, both as a game and as a membership mm-hmm. model. 
-hmm. And frankly, frankly, maybe maybe as a last thought before before I I, I let let the, the talk to Chad, um, I don't think I can take much credit for that. Um, it's it's just taking the deep rooted growth of indoor golfing mm -hmm. and the way communities form in the 21st century and take it to its very logical conclusion. Um, natural communities are shaping and sooner or later these communities will grow out of the indoor golfing space as well yep. and if you if you ask me that's going to happen rather soon than later so we're just contributing to this process okay great great well thanks uh, for the explanation Gabo. uh chad do you want to sure kick off uh my name's chad getz and i'm a senior design associate at nicholas design um, also a member of the american society of golf course architects uh, I've been with the company my entire career, so 25 years now. Um, Nicholas Design was, of course, founded by Jack Nicholas uh, in the early 70s, uh, so we've been around for quite a while. Um, we have nearly 500 golf courses open for play worldwide, and uh, because of that, we've been pretty much long considered kind of the leading uh, golf course architecture firm in the world. Um, can't remember how many countries we're in, but I think it's close to 50. Um, so we've really uh, you know, it's been part of Jack's lifelong uh, goals to grow the game throughout the world, and he's certainly done that through his design work and, and opening um, new uh, avenues for people to, to experience golf in, in countries around the world. Um, for example, we did a golf course in Turkmenistan uh, recently, um, and been many, many uh, golf first golf courses into a lot of countries in the developing world besides uh, obviously major markets like the United States. Um, I've spent, uh, I said 25 years with the company, uh, kind of went through all the positions in the company um, and uh, spent 10 years in Europe uh, as part of that, uh, working five years in Spain and five years out of our office in Belgium. Uh, I've been back in the States now almost uh, 10 years, focusing a lot on uh, domestic renovation work uh, and have some new work coming up as well. Um, so this Hyperscapes thing is is very exciting and, um, you know, we're all going to be kind of learning together as we do it. We've uh, worked with uh, Tiger and Rory's Golf League TGL to actually design several holes for that. So kind of some of the early experiences we've, we've taken from that, we'll be applying it to, to Hyperscapes. Okay. Um, and we're we're excited to get started. Right, great. Well, it sounds uh, sounds quite exciting the partnership. But uh, I mean, you're talking about the uh, the projects you recently involved in. Uh, uh, in terms of the projects that you you've both been involved in, I mean, um, could you elaborate on that work and the the work that your team does and what does it entail sure. exactly? Sure. Yeah. So we're we're a firm of. Uh, well, we have several entities within the Nicholas companies, but mm -hmm. I work for the golf course architecture side of, of things. I'm a, a senior designer there. Um, and this year I'll have, uh, including Hyperscapes, I'm going to say under construction, but I'll have eight projects under construction this year. Um, anywhere from large format uh, renovation work, for example, we're at Desert Mountain right now uh, working pretty hard on a, a full renovation of the Cochise golf course. Mm -hmm. uh, to a brand new build we'll have in the Bahamas on a pretty amazing piece of uh, beachside property, cliffside, uh, which will start later this year. So, and from everything in between. So, okay. uh, right. yeah. So, you know, projects we're working with, uh, obviously, the clients to execute their vision, and we're mm -hmm. designing tailored to that vision, and this will be no different. 
with mm-hmm. hyperscapes and and coordinating with their various architects, land planners, engineers, et cetera, to to help get the project forward and, and be a success. Okay, great, Chris. Um, Gabor, I mean, could you explain a bit more about Hyperscapes Golf and you know the the concept and the features? I mean, uh, for for our readers, for our audience, uh, could go a bit more in depth into that. Yes, glad to do that. Uh, we're building virtual only golf clubs, and I insist on the word club mm-hmm. because it means golf courses and member services. Mm-hmm. Our fir- first virtual only course is based on the topography of a rewilded Scottish landscape, okay. and it's designed by Nicholas Design, and you mm-hmm. can be a member of it by purchasing a membership token. We mm-hmm. called it Rockabara Cliffs, uh, taking inspiration from Celtic mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you would call it probably the first golf club around the virtual only golf course you can become a member of by purchasing a token, uh, to, to put it simply. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just want to put this out there very clearly. Um, this virtual only golf experience is based on three distinct par- characteristics. First one is that it's being specifically designed for virtual play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's designed the way you would design a physical course. Um, so we can go way more deeply into this with Chad. Um, so th- these courses are specifically handcrafted so that the indoor golf play experience will be amazing on them. We're not scanning an existing course. We're building a completely genuine one for virtual play. Um, mm-hmm. Two, it's, it's the membership side of things. We are offering 300 membership tokens. Uh, not one more will ever be released. So the memberships are... We can say as exclusive as some of the most uh, prestigious golf communities around the world. Mm-hmm. And three, it's playability. Uh, we're we're going to build a whole bunch of integrations into indoor golfing settings, mm-hmm. um, so that that the the game uh, experience, where you're using your own club, you're using your own balls, and um, you can play on them in a somewhat better fashion than you would do today on. Uh, physical simulators. So in in reality, it's a real golf club with a virtual only course uh, that's playable and where you get a whole bunch of uh, services what, that you're getting on a physical uh, golf community as well. We're basically simply replicating the existing model of golf communities. Okay. Has there been much of, uh, I mean, how big is the sign up? I'm assuming, you know, you have your data uh, in terms of your audience. Uh, how is that looking for you guys right now? Is it uh, uh, how, how long have you guys been in sort of existence as well? And how much of that is growing, that, uh, that sign-up rate on your end? We can say we we have been in existence, as you would say, so like publicly out there since uh, beginning of November when we announced the the landscape that we selected yep. in Scotland. Yeah. Um, we launched a founding member program that's mm-hmm. 30 founding memberships out of the 300 total memberships. Yeah. And that's almost sold out uh, at this point. So those are very much handpicked uh, individuals yeah. who are who are very fascinated by the game of golfing and especially by the design process. Um, yeah. th- th- this is, we, we can go very deeply into the design process. I don't know how much time we're going to have today, but uh, one of the key features of the founding memberships is that you're going to be witnessing Chad's process to to a certain extent that's very much a world premiere. Um, And I I think and the whole team thinks that's an amazing opportunity to see 
how you construct the golf course. Um, mm -hmm. and, and since this is 3D, uh, we can document the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that, that's going to start very much with uh, the the end of February trip to, to Scotland that we're um, we're actually organizing right now. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we could do a follow up on uh, a follow up podcast about uh, your data, uh, what, what you get out of it. But uh, I think this next question uh, uh, for you both. I mean, what uh, what trends are you seeing in the golf industry right now? And how will these evolve? Uh, and what trends are you implementing at the moment, both at uh, Hyperscapes and Nicholas Design? What's uh, what are you seeing in the industry at the moment? What's affecting your work, really? Lots of alternative golf, whether it be you know the Top Golf model. Uh, I, I think what Gabor and Hyperscapes is getting into is is going to be increasingly a, a big player. Uh, as far as us, uh, you know, working with clubs, short courses, par three courses are, are all the rage right now. Um, like quickly, um, a little more affordable, more fun, getting more people into the game, uh, seeing large Himalaya type putting courses, um, seeing that adapted a lot, uh, continuing uh, to make more and more elaborate practice areas and then gamifying uh, the practice areas using Top Tracer. Uh, technology uh, mm -hmm. or TrackMan, uh, where not only you can track obviously your shots, spin rates, curve, etc., but you can actually engage in competitions with fellow uh, members uh, or players mm -hmm. on the range, um, and just diversifying the game more. Uh, obviously, quality golf will always, traditional golf will always be the biggest part of the game, but we're seeing uh, as people's time. Uh, and desire to get more family involved in the game, trying to find other more accessible areas to add to the traditional golf component to to get everybody involved. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, where uh, where we're seeing it. It's uh, you know golf entertainment is uh, just uh, exploding at the moment. And uh, but uh, Gabor, you said you obviously started out in that area, you know, uh, with golf. But uh, what? What trends have you seen in your 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 time in the game? You know, and what uh, how 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 is it sort of affecting hyperscapes at the moment? Well, it's it's a super interesting period. We're obviously just back from the PGA show, uh, where it was very heartening to see all the innovation happening in the indoor golfing space, and, and that's very much our core industry. We we do tag ourselves as a metaverse golf club, right? But uh, it's our our core industry is not that you know, immersive 3D space. It's very much uh, indoor golfing experiences. And as long as there's that incredible growth in that scene, uh, mm -hmm. we do have tremendous opportunities to build genuine courses and club experiences for urban golfers as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Chad mentioned the Tomorrow Sports and TGL, which is probably the most amazing reference for us at this point. It's the first yeah. time that the biggest names in golfing will be playing in a fully virtual format. And, you know, Coming from there, um, the big trend I'm seeing is just the evolution of the indoor golfing experience that goes from a fun night out with friends around the beer and onion rings uh, to tour players playing screen golfing in a stadium, um, which is TGL, and up to the point where we can structure a golfing membership around hyper-realistic virtual courses. So mm -hmm. we love seeing ourselves in that uh, evolution there. Uh, I, I, mm -hmm. In the future, I do envision partnerships like the ones 
with in the physical world where a metaverse golf tour would do stops at membership golf courses that are designed as championship courses and ours is definitely mm -hmm. designed as a as a championship golf course uh by mm -hmm. by the nicholas team mm -hmm. maybe one thing i, I want mentioned on, on the metaverse um topic now obviously we're talking about the metaverse that has 17 different meanings uh when we say metaverse it's because of the place and an experience right mm -hmm. uh an experience that could not exist in the physical world that we're building. We're creating a location uh, that is more than the physical world experience we could have at at that you know peninsula in Scotland, where mm. that we're that we're scanning and we're building our experience on. That we we could not construct a golf course today on top of it. So mm -hmm. we we we're doing it in 3D and we're giving you access to it so that mm. uh, you can live something you could not live in the in the real life. So. Mm. In our sense, the metaverse is not about um, necessarily 3D. It's not about um, ownership of land, which we we do think is is a pretty gimmick uh, gimmickal solution. Mm -hmm. But it's very much about visiting a location uh, that that is unique and that mm -hmm. has been designed for for this virtual experience. Okay, great, great. Um, an easier question now for you both. So. You wake up in the morning. What's the driving passion for you both? I'll let you kick off, Gabo. Oh, it's without hesitation, the team and the collaborations. Um, you know, as a startup leader, your success is, I'd say 100% dependent on the quality and the solidity of your team and your collaborators. Mm. And, you know, working with experts like like Chad and the Nicholas team and growing your small team in, in New York is, is, is basically all the motivation you need. Um, I, I am a firm believer that you need to take care of your people. And, mm. and in, in our case, that's very much our stuff and partners and a natural mm. few people in your in your personal life who surround you. Mm. And well, thankfully I'm blessed uh, with, with having passion for my personal life and and unlimited support in my in 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 in, in, in my inner circle. So that's that, that's that's very much what helps you wake up. Right, right. <laughs> Chad, yourself. Uh, yeah, you know, Abu, I um, was in high school, I think I was a junior, and began to be, you know, get interested in, in golf course architecture. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, so that's kind of in the middle of the country, and the golf isn't terribly good in where I grew up. Um, I basically learned to play golf on a glorified cow pasture, right. and I'd, you know, come home and see the golf magazines and see the tournaments on TV, and, you know, of course, we had nothing like that in, in central Missouri, and my, my interest mm -hmm. grew, and I did well in school and I I wanted I, kind of the early promise I, I made to myself is I wanted to pick a profession where I would be excited to get out of bed every morning and, and go to work and it wouldn't be a, a drudge. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, through some research and careful planning, decided to go in into golf course architecture. I think somebody once said there's been more people in space than there are golf course architects. So it's a it's a pretty limited field. Um, yeah and was challenging to get into but it's it's been rewarding and now that i'm established in it obviously you know getting up to to serve my clients and and come up with creative solutions to to help them not only have a great golf course but be successful uh financially and and whatever they're trying to achieve and and help them reach their goals so um whether it's a big project or a, a small one uh, for example just changing a bunker that's going to make a golf hole prettier or more playable or more maintainable 
to something, you know, a grand project uh, like this one and innovating in a new space. So um, I, I wanted to do something I would want to get up and do every day, you know, when I was in high school and I'm still getting up and excited to do it every day. So I guess I chose well. well you're living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Most, <laughs> I would great. say most days, most days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that's all we can ask for, eh? just uh, just to do something that we love. But uh, going going on to the next question now. Thank, thanks for both your answers, by the way. Great. Um, if, if, if I had to uh, start again, I would probably be a golf architect. I love <laughs> I love that job. You've sold me. You've sold me on it, Chad. Seriously, <laughs> you look very, you, you're very very lucky. Um, uh, in terms of cu your customer feedback, I mean, what what, what specific role? does that customer feedback play into your design efforts? Do you get sort of like the surveys or do you get feedback from uh, clients and to make things better, to design things better? This is for both, for both of you, you know, and uh, uh, how does that work? For you? How does that look for you guys? Sure, I mean, for us, it's, you know, our primary goal on every project, no matter what the project is, is first to listen and understand the client, you know, we're not, I always say, we're not designing the golf course for ourselves. We can, mm -hmm. the golf course design can take many forms, um, however, how it looks, how it plays, et cetera. But it's, mm -hmm. I think the key to being successful is understanding your client and their end vision of what they're trying to achieve. Cause after all, it is a business. Mm -hmm. um, and our, our job is to create a solution for that business that, that hopefully helps them uh, achieve that, that success of the overall business. Um, sometimes golf is the sole business like it is in this case uh, other uh, other cases you know we're a component of a resort or a real estate development and and obviously all those things have to um, work well together um, but at the end of the day our our goal is to find creative ways to to help make our our, our clients successful in whatever that that final vision is so this will be uh, obviously we're going to be using a lot of traditional design process on this, but obviously we'll be innovating a lot um, in this design. I'm sure we'll talk about kind of the design a little bit more as we we go on. Okay, great, great. Good book. On our side, it's a I would say very traditional thing for for us for my team. I myself am an interaction designer, and quite a few people in my team are. So for us, customer feedback is just a way of life, right? Mm. Um, and if we're looking at Hyperscapes in particular, the founding members program has been designed as a customer feedback experience. So we're associating our members directly to decision making. Um, mm. we're, we're following the design process, say, oh, this week, you haven't been here for five days. We've got a concierge service that um, communicates with you that, that shows you around even during the construction phase mm. so you haven't been around for five days uh, we just broke ground on hole number six uh, we can show you what has happened um what are your thoughts on it for instance right so mm -hmm. this is this is very much integrated into the uh, dna of of this business and i can also add there's a second uh feedback loop which is not a customer feedback loop it is a partner feedback loop uh, that's the one with the Nicholas team because we're actually building a, a suite of tools for virtual golf design. Mm -hmm. The golf design uh, as field work is going to happen in 3D. Mm -hmm. And uh, that implies a lot of back and forth between our development team 
and uh, the Nicholas design team so that we were able to create um, you know, the right tools for, mm -hmm. for, for, for that design work in, in 3D. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. You mentioned uh, earlier, Chad, uh, design, talking about the design work and uh, you know talk more about uh well, let's discuss more about this trip to scotland sure you know the design of it, the design what's the process there you know without obviously giving away your trade secrets you know yeah um, yeah. yeah there's there uh so i guess it's probably be a long answer but you know gabor when he first got involved with us um shared his vision with us and i think we all we're excited, but at the same time, kind of scratching our heads how it would how would it work out. And I think you know we're we're into the the meat of that now. Um, but you know, Gabor really sharing this exciting vision. Um, you know, not only it's instead of just mindlessly hitting golf balls into a screen, the the social aspects of the actual club, because um, that's something that really hasn't been done uh, virtually or in mm -hmm. the simulator world, and you know, as we talked about it and just, you know, kind of at the 30,000 foot level, you know, Gabor trying to understand how we do our work. Uh, we took Gabor out onto a construction site so you could see how we do field work. And that's kind of driving some of the tools that he just talked about. Uh, we'll be able to do field work because golf design. Yes, we draw plans. Um, but instead of, for example, building a, a building with really super precise, detailed plans, you know, our plans certainly we want to get them as close as we can on paper because that helps budget everything and and for permitting etc but really the art of golf course architecture is done on the site itself as we shape um you know the guys running the bulldozers even down to hand raking out fine details and i was you know trying to explain to gabor that you know we can draw a set of plans and they can model it and you know we can we can do that but really the art of golf course architecture that hasn't been done yet is these really nuanced field details, which I'm really excited to see um, how that's going to work in our design process. But, you know, the overall design process early on, I said, you know, Gabor would be really, we can create a golf course out of thin air, uh, which is kind of what we've done for TGL. But what would be, I think, really interesting is to find a site somewhere in the world that actually exists. Um, perhaps it's a piece of land that you know, due to environmental or conservation, um, you know, issues that we could never ever dream of building a golf course on. But obviously, since the the only impact we're going to have on this piece of property is us walking on it with everybody else, that it's a big walking hiking area now. So uh, we'll have zero, obviously zero uh, environmental impact. But we're using this as a base and inspiration for the design. So. We're going to go to Scotland here in a couple of weeks, and while this will be, you know, a virtual high tech, if you will, uh, golf design, the early parts of the design would be very much based on the traditional methods where we go immerse ourselves on that piece of land and understand what it is and the, the ecosystems there, the you see it, feel it in your feet, and then from there we'll develop the routing plan just like we would uh, with any golf course. Mm -hmm. as we try and fit this golf course on this this piece of land and, and create the wonderful variety and take advantage of the views just like we would on any golf course mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll come back and we will draw those plans which will be the base for the model we're going to create but then um, at some point 
um, we will go into this virtual world and that's where I will hopefully be able to do some more of the nuanced uh, as we call crafting the the actual design in the field if you will so um, it's going to be a personalized design just like every other design in the real world but we're going to we're going to do it digitally and I don't think that's really been done before so that's that's pretty exciting brilliant that sounds uh, sounds very exciting yeah I think uh, you're breaking new ground definitely you know and uh, uh, which brings me on to my next question really I mean what what would you say are the biggest challenges you see coming ahead for you guys both and uh, short and long term and uh, where do you how, how do you plan on dealing with uh, those challenges um or are there any challenges even you know I mean, i'm sure obviously the day-to-day -day, but where do you see the biggest challenges coming from with the design aspect of this uh you know again it's going to be a very traditional design mm -hmm. method but when you're and we learned a little bit of this working on the tgl stuff when you're dealing with a virtual only and i say simulator at this point uh based golf hole there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities designing virtually um but there's also a lot of constraints the way golf is played a little bit differently in a simulator than it is in real life um mm. the the short game right now putting chipping etc is pretty challenging to replicate in a in a simulator environment same with bunker play mm -hmm. so it's how do we create something that's fun and interesting um for example without putting 200 sand bunkers out there which is really difficult to to simulate and play out of mm -hmm. how can we create that golfing experience that's interesting without littering you know we can use bunkers more as decoration uh but less as a strategic feature and use more of the the land this land is is it's pretty severe but it's uh, spectacular it's right on the edge of, of lock shield egg um we have some cliffs that we can utilize in the design a lot of rock outcroppings where mm -hmm. um instead of bunkers we may be using rock outcroppings as design features as you tuck a green for example behind a rock outcropping or there may be a rock outcropping in the middle of a fairway where you've got to decide which which way to play um rather than you know really relying on the i, I sometimes sand bunkers i think can be a bit of a crutch in in mm -hmm. golf design whereas you know clever use of slope and pitches and contours in the land is actually takes a little more creativity but i think at the end of the day is actually could be more interesting to play so mm -hmm. to me it's it's creating a it it's going to have to be a spectacular golf experience but one that's tailored to the style of play as much as we can in a simulator which is again very different than the actual mm -hmm. going out and physically playing golf so that's that's probably the biggest design challenge i, I see okay yeah, I think I think Chad just mentioned the key uh, key points that brought us to our collaboration. Actually, because when I first started talking about building a virtual only course, uh, we interviewed all the uh, lead designers at Nicholas Design, and there has been some skepticism. I would say Chad was probably the most skeptical among them all, and um, basically the understanding that that came out of those conversations once again, customer feedback, in this case, uh, partner feedback, um, is that we have to use constraints that resemble as much as possible what a golf designer does today. And that that's what it makes it interesting, right? So uh, for the piece of land um, on, on Shieldek Peninsula, 
we we did use lidar uh, data, digital elevation maps, aerial mm. photos, and whatnot to recreate that landscape. Um, and now mm. we're going there physically mm. uh, to to immerse ourselves in that location. Mm. And you know th that way, Chad can do his work like like a marble sculptor, right? Taking a piece mm. of a beautiful stone, in this case, a landscape, and revealing its natural beauty through minimalistic interventions. Mm. Everything everything will be done here the way uh, you would craft a physical course. Uh, it, the terrain is severe, but our, our conversation when we chose the terrain was very much, would it be theoretically buildable? Obviously, you can't because naturally protected area, because cost, drainage and whatnot, but theoretically, could it be buildable? Mm. And uh, the answer needed to be yes uh, for us to, to, to actually build it. Um, going into challenges, photogrammetry is one. Mm -hmm. We're going to go on site. That's not this travel, but the next one. Mm -hmm. We're going, since we're recreating the Caledonian Pinewood there, uh, that, that's, mm -hmm. we didn't talk about this, but that's a, a big part of our endeavors, recreating a lost landscape. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we're working with a world-renowned expert in the archaeology of the Caledonian Pinewood to do that. We're mm -hmm. actually going to go to Caledonian Pinewood patches and uh, record rocks, tree formations, uh, water formations. So that, that is a big challenge to integrate in a workflow to make that mm -hmm. like, super high level. But th that's just technical, right? Um, mm -hmm. Maybe from a business perspective, the biggest challenge, and that's an intellectual one as well, is becoming a hospitality business. We're called Hypersives Golf Club because we're not just a tech startup in New York, which which we are today, right? If you mm -hmm. look at our 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 staffing, it's like 100% tech startup. It's 3D development, backend development, marketing, mm -hmm. whatnot. So it's it, it's a small tech team today, and uh, we need to become an you know a service offering of of the highest level, so that will come with like recruitment challenges and mm -hmm. uh, finding the right tone uh, to to talk to our members mm -hmm. and and the right experiences that, that that will be for me in the long term the the biggest challenge okay great great well thanks for uh, both those answers um, we're gonna end up with our last two questions something a bit uh, well light um, best advice you've ever received what was it? And who was it from? That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> it, I think it's advice more through example rather than somebody telling me, you know, by word. It just probably watching my parents and and also once you know in college, what have you. Uh, just examples of hard work really does pay off. That you know, none of this is given to you. I I was. I had a lot of, I was very fortunate, um, but at the same time, um, I feel like I earned it and I, I worked really hard. So I, it's, it, to me, it's simple that hard work does eventually pay off in, in the long run, so. Absolutely, correct. Yeah, you're right. Uh, great answer well, there, Chad. Um, Gabor? I'll, I'll try to give you an actual piece of advice that I probably followed the most religiously Mm -hmm. since i got it and it's from my french partner and investor in our previous golf venture mm -hmm. um it is very much it's a french expression that for me comes from him i haven't heard it from anyone else mm -hmm. uh it, it goes uh which 
translates to something like we're never safe from a pleasant surprise. And he gave that, uh, I would say, as a, as a you know as a recommendation to to take on any conversation that comes up by someone who's interested in what you're doing. Like we're what seven seven or eight billion people in this world. Mm-hmm. Probably one out of fifty create something. So we we must be I don't know several hundreds of millions who are creating something. So if someone comes up and is interested in what you specifically are creating, you have to take the conversation. Something mm-hmm. interesting might come up, and that that's actually quite an interesting advice for startup people, um, which we are very different species from businessmen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not obvious to many of us. Like businessmen are constantly on the lookout for new opportunities, whereas startup people are monomaniacs or we're connected with the same project often for years and years. Um, in that sense, we're more following an artist methodology, like an obsessive process. Uh, and, and one day, if I have time, I'm going to write uh, something about the artistic creativity, how that translates to um, to, to business creation. It's it's very similar methodology. That's mm-hmm. another topic. But mm-hmm. I, I got into that that recommendation uh, from the businessman side of things, how openness can lead to surprise, and and that has been very useful since then. Right, right. Well, that's a great uh, great uh, answer there. Well, thanks very much for that. Um, and our last question to end things off: uh, Where do you see the uh, overall the overall industry heading in the next uh, five to ten years? Um, I think uh, I sort of know where where it's going with yourself, Gabor. The the growth of uh, indoor golf, obviously, but uh, just wanted to see what your thoughts were, both of you, in terms of where where, where do you think it's going? Um, you know, again, I think it's going to be a continuation of this. Uh, gamifying the game, finding other less traditional ways to um, grow the game, uh, get more people involved, um, continuing to, at least on our end, make things more efficient as labor costs and just generally trying to find labor to uh, to maintain these golf courses. How can we do creative design, but, you know, that's that's less impactful. Uh, from the labor side of things Um, and you know again I see as we move on I think Gabor you've got this statistic maybe you told us but something like 80 percent of the golf played in South Korea is done in a simulator so um, you know that's pretty stunning when you think about that Um, pretty sure I've got something along those lines of that statistic and I think as we move forward it's certainly things like hyperscapes are going to become more of an integral part of the game. Uh, it's much more accessible. Um, obviously, uh, less resources uh, consumed to do it. And uh, so but that's kind of where I see things going. Okay. Yeah, my, my take on this is quite similar, but maybe from a more like post-pandemic perspective, mm-hmm. uh, where we had something like what, 30% or 40% of growth uh, in mm-hmm. golfing very much towards a new audience mm-hmm. so n- now the question is how do you service this new audience for the next like 40 50 years mm-hmm. and in our case the let's say that the proposition is how you can create the golf club that for an urban um like youth or like semi semi youth right mm-hmm. how you can create that that golf experience that's it's more a club experience for those who started golfing in an urban environment 
yeah. uh, or or who want to be open to uh, golfing that's not linked to physical real estate, um, which which is extremely expensive as well, right? Because um, yeah. to to be to be part of a physical golf course, you need to uh, first purchase real estate, which is the biggest hurdle. Then membership costs are sometimes like several hundreds mm. of thousands of dollars. You've mm. got several dozens of thousands of dollars of maintenance costs. Mm. So um, can you enter a very exciting club without having those type of hurdles? Now you're obviously going to still have the membership costs, but that's that's very small compared to these uh, these fees and how we can we can create that amazing mm-hmm. experience that blows your mind um, in in the virtual space. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's very much the the grand vision here uh, as as time goes by. Uh, mm-hmm. Thankfully, with the end of the pandemic, the first wave of metaverse craze is over, which is mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. We were not obliged to hear about apes uh, all the time anymore, which is, I would say, a very good thing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we we can finally concentrate on, you know, building experiences that are genuine and that are based on real activities that people love. In our case, that activity is golfing. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's really good. Uh, Gabor. Chad, uh, great to have you guys on. Um, I'd like to mention to our audience today, um, uh, if you this this uh, podcast is going to be available on our website and obviously be pushed out on our socials, and we'll put uh, uh, the con- well the where, where you could find out more about uh, uh, Nicholas Design and Hyperscapes Golf uh, in the comments below the podcast. Uh, so please feel free to. And if anybody wants to get in touch with uh, Gabor or Chad, uh, please uh, feel free to reach out to myself and uh, hopefully I can put you guys in touch. Uh, but uh, I'd like to say thanks to you both for, for being on this podcast. It's uh, been a real pleasure to talk to you both. And uh, I hope uh, we, we we got through a fair bit of it uh, with the audience and I hope you both enjoyed being on as well. But, but uh, well, thank you, Abu. I really enjoyed being on your show today. It, it is a great show, and um, you you covered so many so many cool products. I'm I'm glad that we're making it here, uh, and we're part of this amazing bunch of people. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. It's well, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me, and it's been fun to talk about the project. And like I said, we've got a really exciting trip in two weeks that are really going to kick things off. So it's great. I hope the weather keeps up for you there, though. But uh, yeah. Count on Would be magnificent. <laughs> Ma- magnificent. <laughs> February in Scotland. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys, good luck with it all. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on the work you guys are going to be putting out there. And uh, it's very exciting times. Great. Good. Thanks, guys. Take it Thanks. easy. Thank you. Take Bye. Care.